All right, we're back. And if you haven't been listening the last couple of hours, uh, we've, we've talked about Biden's speech yesterday. I noticed Adam in the news called it an insurrection. I don't know that I agree with that if I heard that right. Uh, in fact, I know I, I don't agree with it. It was not an insurrection. If it was an insurrection, every other house would be burned. Many more people would not be around to even hear the radio program or, or much of anything. You know, if you have 81 million votes one way and 75 million another, both which crush Barack Obama's best day, then you, you're going to know if there was an insurrection. If there was a... It was not an insurrection. And again, it just amazes me that the same people who had the pom-poms out while 20 cities were looted and burned, police attacked, police departments set on fire, barricaded. You know, we have we had that going on and, and well, we're okay with it. People have to be able to express themselves when there's injustice. And to compare that to the moronic actions of, I think it was 700 people in total that that there were arrestable offenses. And some people have been arrested for being in Washington. For being there, not even for going in the Capitol. I, I wouldn't have taken part in it. I, in as much as I questioned a lot of the election results, you have to trust unless there's, there's proof. And, and I don't know what, what you do about it. Not sure what you do about it, but you have to trust that the outcome is what they say it is, unless you have proof. And we were told by Donald Trump, by his attorneys, <clears throat> by Giuliani and uh, Sidney Powell, that they had absolutely every ability to prove the elections were stolen. They never proved it, so should make that promise. Even if, even if it was true, you made the promise that you could prove it. You didn't. You didn't get your arms around the whole thing, so we have to accept the outcome. And that's just how it is. And uh, People, what happened... On January 6th was more about how frustrated people were with the way the media and the deep state treated Donald Trump with his, you know, they were threatening to impeach him before he was even inaugurated. Nancy Pelosi made the statement. They, they impeached him while he was in office. They, they impeached him after he was out of office. The audacity for an outsider to try to take the reins from those who are more deserving in Washington. But that's what Washington is supposed to be. It's supposed to be. The people who choose. Hillary Clinton, when she lost, she said he's an illegitimate president. This is that we were tricked by Russia. And the FBI pretended to see credibility in a story they knew was a lie created by the Clinton campaign. So there's a lot wrong with what happened. And most people understand it, but they just hate Donald Trump so much. They're okay with the way he was treated and the way the government was and the media was used to manipulate how people should look at him. But that's a dangerous position to take. Even if you're on the right side of it one day, you're probably, by allowing it, going to allow 
good candidates that you may favor to be exposed to the same treatment. Anyway, this is going to be the ugliest of election seasons we've ever seen. I, I believe that. I think this is going to be a terrible, ugly, embarrassing chapter in, in history coming up this year. Good morning. You're on the air. What's up? How hey. you doing, Ken? Hey, Ray. What's going on? Not too uh, much. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Now, I, I called into the bride this morning, and I, I figured I'd, I'd kind of repeat myself on, on your show. Okay. On why I I actually believe that Donald Trump incited the Capitol attack. Okay. And the reason is, is not specifically to that day. All right. It, we, we understand what he said. We read the speech. He said, go over there peacefully and yada, yada, yada. But what I think happened is you have a lot of charged individuals there that are really amped up, really, you know, uh, in favor of Donald Trump and, and hang on his every word and believe things that he says. And I think as commander in chief, he commanded a lot of authority in what he said when he he said it in a matter of fact rather than an opinion. He said this election was stolen. And as a patriot, as somebody who loves America, you look at that and say, well, then this guy is an illegitimate president that's in there now. And we need to get him out. Because, you know, if I look at it in, in a different way, I look at it in, in, the, in, the, in the scope of Red Dawn, because that's what I did. I, I just looked at it through that, through that scope. Like, if, if we had Kim Jong-un came in and physically installed an individual as president. I would hope you and I would would find a militia and actually take him out militarily because that's Kim Jong Un and he doesn't. It would be our duty. There. It would be our right. duty. It's our duty to protect the Constitution and protect this country. And I believe that's what people on the ground that day did. Right. But but, but but just to, but just to get back to your your initial statement that you believe right. Donald Trump created this. I think he's irresponsible with his words. That's a fairly obvious statement. But I also have to point to the fact that he urged Nancy Pelosi to bring on 12,000 members of the National Guard. And, and she didn't do it. Why not? I have no idea. I'm not a fan of her anyway. She can go pick but, I'm, but I'm saying, I don't think he, I don't, I really don't believe Donald Trump had any knowledge that the, the Capitol doors would be kicked in and, and the Capitol Police would be assaulted and all this other stuff that happened by these morons. Right. No. No, I no, I, I agree. He he didn't. I believe he. I believe his words incited the the rage that enveloped that day. Okay. So so his his word. Because if he came out and he said, you know what, I I have a feeling. We kind of have an opinion. We have a strong. We have strong evidence. We're working on it. We believe that this election was incorrect and there and there was fraud that changed the outcome. We believe or or you know making it an opinion versus a, a matter of fact statement by the commander in chief, by somebody who has significant, you know, avenues in the intelligence community. So if, if I'm somebody on the outside, listen to, to a guy that I voted for and I believe won, and he says, nah, this, this guy that won, he's not really the winner. I'm the winner. I have evidence. This election was stolen from the American people. I, I completely see how he incited that that capital attack. Yeah, there, there was a lot to look at. Like, like for me, you know, just a, a guy who does the X's and O's late night during these elections. Yeah. And when when you hear even CNN uh, 
John King, I think, is one of the best at analyzing the, uh, even though I think he's, he's partial to certain politics, yeah. I think he's great at, at, uh, on election night to watch. Um, CNN has great resources to, to cover the whole thing. However, um, when, when he says, well, the Republicans are behind in uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania, but that's to be expected. Uh, there is a surge of uh, conservative votes later than earlier. And then they stop the count in Georgia and we go to sleep with Trump comfortably ahead, even though the, 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 they're slow starters, the conservative votes. And then suddenly there's enough votes for to overturn that by Biden. So certain things can raise your eyebrow, but that doesn't mean sure. you say, all right, let's get the pitchforks. Let's go to D.C. Right. Exactly. I think that's what caused a lot of the angst. And then, and then you know, obviously you had from the period of time from election night to January 6th, where it was really red hot, like really like bloodthirsty red hop coming the verbatim coming out of the trump campaign which really enraged and people were passionate patriotic people who really love the country really love the constitution um they don't personally have evidence that anything was done wrong they're just believing on the lawyers that donald trump had on the tv every day donald trump himself saying the same exact thing so they said, "I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to defend this country." So well, you do you do. There are video. This video. Their intentions. I think their intentions were in, in their train of thought. Like I'm trying to put myself in in their train of thought, and, and their intentions were correct. If they were, yeah. If if this was actually a legitimately stolen election, I would hope that, and and I would be right alongside them. Here's here's how you ended the whole thing because now we're getting into. The battle for truth, the 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 lack of trust by the citizen on uh, the outcome if it's not their preferred candidate, right? The way yes. to fix this is valid voter ID verification. 100%. Why wouldn't 100%. we do it? Because 100%. it's the country's so unstable. This would stabilize the trust in the whole operation and the whole process. Right, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I I have no zero problem with with voter ID. Obviously, as long as it's given to the correct people without charge, right? So you have to be a legal resident of the United States and you can't have a financial barrier. But I, I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the thought that you don't have to, you shouldn't have to pay for a gun license either because I believe that's a financial barrier. Well, I, but, but that's, yeah, that's a different rabbit hole. But I, I, yeah. just getting on this, I, I'm even okay with a government investment in going to people who can't leave their home or yeah. the nursing home, right? Go and, and have a team representing both Republican and Democrat or whichever party, right? Have, have somebody witness the vote. And uh, if that person is voting and not their son because they're, you know, suffering from dementia or something like that, then sure. that vote counts and bring it to them. Whatever you got to do, but make sure it's a trustworthy process. But these mail-in ballots, I mean, 20% of people who were sent ballots in 2020 didn't even live at the address anymore. Right. I think, well, I think one of the best things you can do is actually have universal paper ballots, period, end of story. Like Massachusetts, we have paper ballots, and you're, you're going to be able to actually physically count that, that, uh, that vote hand over hand, and, you know, both, both campaigns can actually verify it. Doing the electronic thing, I don't trust it. I don't trust the electronic. I trust it. But there needs to be a backup where I can physically touch something too. When you're yeah, I, and I think you're. I think you're right. But I'm afraid that we're going more paperless as we go forward. And um, I, I mean, yeah, and I think that's more of a cost thing. 
Be well, with you. look at you the know, uh, look at the mass lottery. Look at the mass lottery. Like when it comes to the daily numbers, we don't physically watch the balls come up from the uh, machine and one at a time. We just trust the the digital outcome. <laughs> yeah. How do we know there's not an How do we know there's not an algorithm that, that gives the numbers that are going to pay out the least? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I probably won about six or seven times. They just haven't told me yet. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I, I just don't know yeah. um, that we should be so trusting and everything without questioning things. I think they overdid it on January 6th. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, yeah. I, because I witnessed the Barack Obama campaign in 2008 uh, when he defeated John McCain. I never witnessed such a great campaign. Um, and he garnered, what, 63 million votes? And there hasn't the, the population hasn't in, increased nearly as much to explain 81 million votes for a guy who didn't go city to city, who didn't spend billions of dollars, wasn't nearly as impressive as Barack Obama, and just totally wiped out the record. That, that to me, is, it, it's I know, worth I, a I would, closer look. I, well, I, I, look at, I look at Donald Trump's numbers, and that was comparable. 75 uh, I think, million. I think, was, it, was it that low? I thought it was higher than that. I thought it was closer to 80 and then uh, Biden got 81. No, he, no, he had 75 million. Biden had 81. But, but Trump had similar numbers uh, a little bit. He eclipsed his, um, his record uh, when he beat Hillary Clinton. He actually did better than he did uh, against Hillary Clinton, but, but still I, got I wiped. Think when you, I, again, I think, I think when you get into the mail-in ballots, which, which has been a, a long, you know, it's, it's been around for quite some time with obviously your absentee is, is a similar form to that. And in Florida, Florida's actually been one that's had it for, for quite, a, quite a number of years, mail-in ballots, because you have a lot of so many sobers down there. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they tend to vote in, uh, in their home state, but they, they vote in the Florida elections for whatever reason they want to, mm -hmm. they want to vote over there. But they, they have mail-in ballots, and they've had mail-in ballots for, for many, many years, and it's been fine. It's been fine every year, except for when the other guy won. Well, I, again, mail-in ballot is fine with me as long as they verify with identification that the person who got the ballot is that person. Well, I, I think I think our biggest our biggest challenge, um, unfortunately, is, is just voter ID. Just get, step by step, we have to make that you know kind of universal. But unfortunately, we have that you know that Tenth Amendment where everybody you know every state is is in charge of their own election. But we can we can make it. Free and, and I'm 100 percent behind it. Get voter ID somehow, some way. And, and if, that's, if people that's can't, if people can't afford, if people cannot afford an ID, I'm happy to to give twenty dollars a year to my taxes for, so for, so people have a, a subsidized identification that is legit. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's yeah, too important. That's it's yeah. It's uh, the most important thing you can do as an American is vote. As apart from you know, obviously running for office and, and making sure that. Everything's done right, but agreed. Yeah, that that's uh, that's my take. That's why I think that he actually engaged in the insurrection. Throwing him off the ballot is ridiculous. I think that's the that's the worst thing that can happen. He's not charged. He has never been accused. Well, he's been accused, but he's never charged with anything. Officially. Nobody, nobody in in this whole thing on January sixth. Not one person's been charged with insurrection. What was the Proud Boys charged with? The leader. Uh, you know, trespassing, mayhem, assault, all this stuff, but but insurrection is not a charge that has come up, and and this. I, I thought it was. I thought it. I thought it was for the proud boy, the, the leader of the proud boys. I thought he had. Uh, it was either insurrection or something in comparison to insurrection, okay. like whatever all right. it was. Well, I, I, it, but it was negligible, right? You had three thousand people that charged the the Capitol, and you had one guy that was charged with insurrection. Yeah.
Ray, yeah. I, I got to hold you. I'm going to commercial break. I appreciate the call, as always. Yeah, and a congratulations on those almost winnings. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, so January 6th, nobody was charged with insurrection. I think um, he's referring to uh, the FBI, the Justice Department charged uh, a few with capital to uh, entering the Capitol to seditious conspiracy. That's an interesting charge, seditious conspiracy, which, which means an utterance. You've uttered things to um, call for um, detracting the government or taking down the government utterances. Then there's a First Amendment thing there. I, I Look, these guys... That did what they did, assaulting police officers, kicking the doors and windows into the Capitol. I don't. I, That's I, a crime in and of itself. They deserve to be punished. You know, it's it's it, it's interesting. The other twenty cities that were burned, looted, cops attacked, uh, all that stuff. Um, nobody felt that they did anything wrong, but this uh, this was something wrong, and, I, and I, it was. It was. It, it just was wrong to do these things. Happy anniversary. Oh yeah, today. Yeah, third third, third year third. anniversary. Also the. Seventh anniversary of Trump's uh, certification. Is it? Uh, 2017, yeah. And they already decided they were going to impeach him before he was inaugurated. Well, <laughs> the best plans. Impeach, impeach, impeach. They could have made a Twice. pie. They could have made a couple of pies out of all the <laughs> impeachments. Um, before, during, and after he was impeached. And by the way, the, the, the charges in New York, three of the five were dropped by the judge. There's two to go. But a uh, little court victory for Trump that kind of went under the radar for a lot of folks. Well, um, he might get a victory coming up in February. Have you have you looked at the dump of names with this Epstein thing? <clears throat> um, Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. Yep. Yeah. A lot of, you know what I found out Cameron yesterday? Cameron Diaz. <laughs> well, but here's what I found out about Dershowitz yesterday. I'm waiting to find out if it really comes to fruition. Alan Dershowitz is supposedly the lead or top assistant attorney for Israel in in Israel's case um, about genocide over genocide. He's taken. He's been brought over to yeah. defend he, the, what, the UN. Yeah, uh, wherever the court of probably be. the Hague. The Hague. Yeah. yeah. So I thought the biggest news for me in this since the Epstein dump came is the the witness, the victim, who has. Refused to talk about Clinton for fear of her own safety. That's interesting. But but so so to this point, because of whatever her motive is, she won't talk about Clinton. She is saying he wasn't there for any of the serious crimes. Okay, oh, but she also, she's not talking about him. But he wasn't. That's there. all. We, well, but there's a, there's a couple of victims here. So one of them. Okay. One of them saying he wasn't there. Which fine, I, I believe that. But here's the here's the m most important thing regarding Clinton so far. The victim that was credible enough for the uh, Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell defense and the court at that time when she was tried, she's saying that Clinton, she knows he stormed into the Vanity Fair office and demanded that the story be taken down and not published because they were about to publish a story about child sex trafficking and Jeffrey Epstein. And he said, that's my good friend. I don't want you to go forward. And he demanded that it, now the funny thing is the liberal media has quote unquote looked into this by by interviewing the then editor at the time, uh, Graydon something. Um, but he said no, that didn't happen. And so they're satisfied. See, it didn't happen. He even said so. Why would the editor 
of Vanity Fair admit that he prolonged the reign of terror on these children by, by Jeffrey Epstein? Of course he's going to say no if he crushed it. Yeah, I know you're looking at the money thing, but this is crazy to go to him. It's just as, it, the easier thing would be to look at the Secret Service records of Bill Clinton. Did he go to that office? Because presidents don't go to the to Usually the, not, to the yeah. journalist to be interviewed. They might go to a TV studio, but they're gonna be you're gonna, you're gonna go to him. He's not coming to you. So think about that. Why would President Clinton go there? Why wouldn't he send a hinge person? I think. That's a great question, but yeah. did, he, did he need that effect himself? And it seems to me, here's my theory. Bill Clinton doesn't stick his neck out for others too much. He may have a personal reason himself that he doesn't want to share with somebody mm -hmm. else to deliver that Maybe. message. Yeah. Well, then he could send Hillary. Oh, she'd, I think she'd be happy to spill the beans on Bill. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, look, um, this is a really fascinating development that... You know, really, and it's easy enough to look into because the Secret Service, they have to document everywhere they went with him. Here we go. What? When it comes to a sex scandal. We're talking about pedophilia. Maybe. We don't know what no, we're talking about. No, no, we, no, it's we not maybe. What we're it's not maybe. About. These are underage victims. We don't know if he's involved. If he's, if he's, well, if he stopped a publication that could have put the end to Jeffrey Epstein's pedophilia ring. If. You just I know it. I know it's yeah. an if, but I'm saying if you can verify that, that's pretty important. Well, you're the investigator. You found the wood. Go for the... You get a credible witness. You get a credible witness made the statement. And the press could have found other ways to, f to figure it out. And they went to the guy that has every every motive to say, no, it didn't happen. And the, and the, and the thing, see, it didn't happen. That, that so, is crazy. What's to make anybody think, let's go back to, okay... Your idea of um, would be to go to the Secret Service. Go look at the log. Did he okay. go? To, did he go to that Vanity Fair? And office? are the logs available? I think I think the right the right motions know. can be taken. Why wouldn't they be? I don't I don't know. I'm asking a question because it's Secret Service. <laughs> to me, it sounds like secret. And and I would trust because I know people in the FBI who told me this. People who go to the FBI Academy and then choose Secret Service are typically Boy Scouts, true believers, dot the I's, cross the T's, don't do anything wrong. I doubt there's a lot of them that would be willing to lie and do all these things. Uh, I, I, really I see, I guess, I I would think that they would fudge books if they needed to. If it was to protect the president. I think, yeah. they're, I think they're real mission or people. Or next president. However, they may have been told that he's going there to be interviewed. And, because I know this. If he's going to the Vanity Fair office, the Secret Service is going to be there before he gets there. Yeah. They're, going to, they're going to secure sure. the place. And be outside the, the door. Only ch Yeah, the only chance... Uh, right, so if he goes into the editor's office, he may have said stand outside the door. That's mm -hmm. I, I believe that's possible. Yeah, I let them do the sweep and then but he my, goes in. My point is that, that is a way to verify whether the story is even more credible or less credible. And, and, and if I was him, I'd be motivated to say, well, yeah, look at the records. I wasn't there. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no big boss ever says that. Mm. So, did he deny being at the building? He said Vanity it never Fair? happened. I don't know if he said it never uh, happened. Yeah, he said it never happened. And so did the editor. I guess I'm going to go back to my question. It never happened that he showed up at the building. At the Vanity Fair office. Well, then I guess that's something that can be checked out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to, there's ways to 
at least check the boxes on some of these things, and that would be one. This is important Can you because get a limousine drive up and. I mean, I think I think it would, it would be an outrage for a president to have been found to extend this pedophilia ring uh, through his power yeah, because yeah. he liked the guy. That's a, that's yeah. an outrage. I, I, I would I would agree, but you know how I can get everybody my, to agree? You put, know what? put Donald Trump in that position. <laughs> well, okay, but you you're kind of going down the road I'm going down All right. in that if as you did before Bill Clinton did something like this what's to make me think that other presidents didn't if also well it, it is possible because we 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 have information on, and that has broken during this story that other national leaders were mm-hmm. compromised so that Epstein would have blackmail ability. we have that in Boston, too? We can't get that but, list yet. I know. And but there's I politicians. Mean, I know. Not, and not just politicians. But I'm, I'm <clears throat> focusing on the politicians. No, I get they're it. They're the only ones who, what, can, what who can block it. I guess what I'm looking at is people that are powerful. And people that are powerful, whether you're a politician or uh, a billionaire, you've got ways of keeping things quiet. Unless you're Bob Kraft. And even at that, <laughs> I mean, I, I sure. mean, he, at, at best, what, what do people think now? Well, maybe he got himself a, you know, uh, what do they call that? A happy ending. Happy ending at a place typically reserved for custodians and plumbers. There you go. <laughs> He's a CEO. He, he, of a- he was the guy with the plunger. <laughs> wow. You talk about a frugal <laughs> shopper, right? <laughs> now, here's a guy that can go to Mint Models or any of these high-end escort services who... Yeah, you know, legally, if if the date's three hours long or longer, it's no longer prostitution. You just have to pay more. Um, you know, this is what high end guys do. I mean, but you know what, high end guys do that. But a lot of high end guys like to save money. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah are you, are you that frugal. Well, you never know. <laughs> unless you're, what we do? Unless you're a part. He owner. was there. <laughs> we don't he, know what he was doing there. He showed up. He in could an have AMC, been going over the book. He showed up in an AMC Gremlin. <laughs> I, I may have made that up. Um, I hope so. <laughs> uh, those, th- those things explode just like the Vega and the, what was the other one, the Pinto? You are what you eat. I, I, he should you look are. like an Oompa Loompa. He should be blue. You see the age of the girlfriend? Oh, the one that he has. I thought, I thought he married He her, must no? be just like living off that little blue pill. I'm t- Well... I'm just saying. If you, if you can get it for 19.95 for a 90-day supply, why not? Oh, God. Uh, but, um, you know, he's got a streak of freaking him, which that's, you know, he's, he, he, he survived it. You know, he survived it. He's, he, so do you think Jonathan Kraft participates? Like father, like son? I don't know. Yeah. I don't what know. about the other son? The one that's thinking about running for Congress. There is one. Really? Yes. I didn't realize it until just a few weeks from, ago. From which I've always state? thought... He, I think he's running for the seat that Ayanna Presley holds. Oh, good. Yeah. That doesn't mean going to win. No. But. Um, no, she took out Capuano pretty easily. Yeah. Well, you know what? Capuano had the Somerville crowd. She's got the Boston crowd. Yeah. But he was a good, you know, pro-union, pro-Obamacare. Oh, yeah. Well, he, what do you think she is? Uh, besides, mm-hmm. but I mean, she's pro-union and all that kind of stuff. I think she's anti-American. Well, myself, that's my opinion. You asked the question. I don't care that she's bald. Lex Luthor was bald. He had a good mind. Was he? Just a little warped. I don't know that he was American. Lex Luthor? Yeah. Wasn't he? No. I thought he was English. No. No? He was American. 
I, I, Gene, the, the character Gene Hackman played in Superman? Oh, that guy. I'm thinking of somebody else in Scratch. A wrestler? Who, who is no, no. I'm thinking of like... Um, like uh, We don't know. Like a Jack the Ripper type. Oh, guy. God, no, yeah. no. Nobody like that. Uh, what else? So, did you watch the, the uh, tournament... The two games, Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas? I didn't see any of the Washington, Texas game. I, I went back and forth with the Michigan, Alabama game because I thought for a little bit Alabama might have something, and I was kind of ticked that Alabama got chosen because I think Florida State, I, I text you about Florida State when I when I turned on the game and they were losing 35 nothing. I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, what the hell was I thinking? But well, you, like you said, they didn't have anybody play. They should have put everybody out there. All those guys should have been willing to play and just say, we weren't that, deserving his that proof. That is an absolute travesty. Yep. It, it, they pouted. They should have taken as, the ball away from them. As Ken would say, the rules need to be changed. That should not be allowed to happen. I don't care about the portal, but you wait until after the games are over. And so instead, and so this will be long forgotten because now nobody believes Florida State belonged in that tournament and Georgia belonged in that tournament, right? Because Georgia looks like they're the best mm. team in the country right now. Well, they look like it until, except for one game one against game. Alabama. A field goal. Yeah. Amazing what happens. And it's Oregon, a field goal in each of the Washington games. Otherwise, they're, they're undefeated. And they had a stupid matching. I mean, Oregon should not have been matched with Liberty. That's a mismatch. They should have been matched with... It was a good game. Bo, Bo Nix had five touchdowns, no interceptions uh, by the end of the third quarter. So his stock went up. Or maybe well, it didn't because it's they Liberty. played Liberty. They, they, should have they should have been paired with like a Missouri, yeah. a Georgia. They were deserving of a good opponent and they weren't handed one. Oh, they were handed a biscuit. Yeah. Well, you know, they had two losses. Uh, again, two field goals to Washington, the, the, the team that's in the championship they game. They had two losses. Yeah, true. The first one is on the coach, not the players. They, you, were, they were up five. Either way, they had two losses. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. I do. Um, so it, it is that, that small of a difference that can make or break a team. I, I, it, oh, it, without a doubt. And if you put them up against Ohio State, they would have creamed that Ohio State team that yeah. played against Missouri. Yeah, because a lot of players opted out. Didn't play. That, that, I've and, already said and it. And again, but. you know, that speaks to Bo Nix because he didn't play for himself. He played for his teammates in that game. And I think that's a character thing. I, I think that makes him more appealing. I, 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 I get, pardon me, unless you have a miserable game, I find it hard to believe that playing in a bowl game or playing in uh, like the Hula Bowl, that type of, or Senior Bowl, that that diminishes your stock, unless you get injured and ruin a two hundred million dollar career. Maybe. I mean, look it at look, wait, wait um, Washington. <clears throat> the running back Dylan Johnson suffered a terrible injury. Is he? Is he? Is he? Uh, I don't think he's expected to play against Michigan. And it was a, it was a play to run the clock out. He didn't even need to be out there. And his knee, I think it was his knee, right, Ryan? Oh, he was I, crying. I didn't, wa I didn't watch the Washington. Texas two people game. help him off the field. He was in a lot of pain. I, I felt was so it terrible. A close for him. game. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah, it was. A, it was a close game. It was in question right to the end. But um, when he got hurt, it was in, it was just running out the clock. Well, I did have somebody. They're gone. Call back five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I was just about to get to you. I'm sorry about that. I didn't see, but. Um, Washington Texas was good. It was a good matchup. 
They should have had that as a day game then. Michigan and Alabama both played uh, not so perfect football. Stinky. Yeah. I mean, to, that's to what made muff me a, yeah. Michigan muffed a fumble at the two yard line. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about? Well, oof. We never give any credit to the defense. Well, you got to, I mean, Michigan's defensive line crushed that last play, which I thought was a terrible call. I mean, mm-hmm. run up the middle for the quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know that Alabama's going to settle on that quarterback. He's back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's a sophomore next year, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So, and certainly Alabama will be back. I don't want to make any, you know. But how does it, so how, when does the playoff, how many teams are coming in? I think it's an eight, uh, eight team <clears throat> tournament next year, isn't it? So four, two, one. So the playoffs will start yeah. uh, between Christmas and New Year's next I year. I don't, I don't know. I, I would imagine. How it's going. I would imagine it's going to be uh, the Saturday, or I'm sorry, the Monday or or Sunday. No, it can't be Sunday. The Monday of um, following Christmas, and then you get New Year's, and then the following week, the championship game. They'll have to start it a week earlier. Uh, they'll probably do Saturday. Yeah, whichever. You're right, because yeah. there's four games, right? Four, so, two, one. Yeah. So you do two Saturday, two, four, s- uh, two Saturday, two Monday. I don't know. They might want well, everybody on an even. I don't know about a Monday. Hmm. It's a yeah. I, I got to read about it, but that I am I am for that. I think it makes it makes it more exciting because a lot of teams it does. like Georgia, like Oregon, like Florida State, they would have a shot. Florida State did have a shot, right? I, I, I mean, I I did agree with the decision because of the committee. The committee rules are that you consider injuries when when choosing these teams, and I get that. Mm. But undefeated in, in a in a uh, one of those five, power five power five conference. You got a, you got an argument, no doubt. Um, so but anyway, not the, but not the team that showed up on, on, uh, <laughs> I think on, on New Year's Day. I think you asked you asked Darvin takes him out. Oh my God! However, however, uh, one thing was clear is that Michael Penix, for those who didn't watch a lot of Pac-10, has the best arm in college. I mean, this you guy. Think so? Oh my God, he is he is such an arm talent. You, you, you're talking like. Um, like Brett Favre or somebody like that. Really? For you the think long so? ball, right on. I mean, Brett Favre throws a great long ball, makes a lot of mistakes, but he was a great long ball thrower. This guy lays it right in, always on target. He's amazing. Now I don't know how he is under fire because he was pretty comfortable the whole game, and 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 that speaks well to his line. But Michigan well, brings it. Well, I was going to say, what was the defensive line for Texas like? Um, well, um. Uh, What's his What's his name? DeAndre Sweat, the defensive tackle. He's going to be a first two rounder. I um, mean, maybe first round kind of t- defensive tackle. They had They had a pretty good. Um, I mean, they beat Alabama. Pretty good defensive line. But they beat Alabama early. Yeah, and Alabama yeah. Had, had already switched defensive and offensive coordinators, so they were a big question mark at that point. They got They found their mojo, um, but they did beat them by ten at Alabama. You know, so they they you know. They're not terrible. But no, to answer your question, not. Penix wasn't really pressed all that much. And when he was pressed, he, he did well. But it's not like what Michigan's going to do. They're going to really bring it. And they only need four or five guys. All their guys are top three. So is this Penix, you think he's coming out? Oh, yeah. Is oh, he yeah. a senior? He's 24. What's age got to do with it? Well, I I mean, he's... I mean, Bo Nix is 24, isn't no, he? No, he'll be 24 before the draft. He's okay. 23 right now. Um, but both of them will be... Like a Joe Burrow's kind of candidate, you know. And again, we talked about this. How far can you see in the future oh, of the NFL? I, I, anyway? I have no problem with the uh, twenty-four. I, 
Oh, what's his name? Roger Staubach was 27. Was he really? Because he went to Navy, Navy, so he had to do his he five did his four years. years. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, 27. Yeah, back then when the, when the NFL careers were much shorter too. Yeah, but he had a pretty long one. Yeah, considering the the year that he started, prestigious too. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw kind of quarterback. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, uh, I'm calling regards to an article on the New Bedford Light about uh, drug use in the New Bedford schools. In the schools, okay. And it says that a kid just uh, attending the New Bedford schools puts them at a at-risk category for drug use. And and that's a lot of kids. There's almost like 13,000 kids that go to the schools in New Bedford. And uh, just attending the schools places a kid at an at-risk category for substance abuse. Uh, I, I found that very difficult to believe. I don't know. I didn't hear it. Did you read that article? In the New I Bedford did not article? read it. No, I did not read it. No, well, well check it out. It's just right. I, I, I do me a favor. Rip, rip, repeat what you just said, so that because Brian Brian missed it. I just want to let him hear what you said. Yeah, there's a report on the New Bedford Light. There's, there's an article about kids and substance abuse, and they say this is a quote. That by simply attending schools in New Bedford qualifies a student to be at, at risk for substance abuse. That attending the New Bedford schools... Well, uh, you can make the argument that that's true anywhere you go. Yeah, yeah well, that, that, that's part of uh, our community now, right? But this is saying attending the New Bedford schools. Uh, you know, why pinpoint New Bedford schools? Uh, well, I, I, I imagine right? that compared to, and it's possibly I'm wrong, but I mean, I would think that drugs are more readily available in a city than a town's high school, but that's not always true either. I don't know about that, but I wonder what qualifies as at risk. Did, was that explained in the article? Did they explain what, what, the, what the definition of at risk is? Well, it, it, it basically states something like there's uh, drug accessibility in the community, high poverty rates, uh, and well, that's through throughout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my part is that that the attending the New Bedford schools. Uh, if I was a parent, would I send my school my kid to school? Well, if I was a parent and I and I and I lived in New Bedford, I would be looking at uh, some of the higher performing charter schools, and that's been that's true across the country. The charter schools are smoking the public schools, and, and they're so, doing so, they're doing so well that they have to turn folks away. And in a city like New Bedford, what does New Bedford do? They turn the charter schools away, so they want to force everybody to go to yeah. their to their institution. That's the that's the liberal. Dominance that you're, you're because they are, they are indebted to the teachers' unions who hold the signs and and support them, and it, it's just you're not going to break that bond. You know what? I hear what you're saying, and I totally disagree with that. Really, the bond needs to be broken. Oh no, I know. I just yeah. don't know how. Well, because they both what? the synergy is amazing. You should see what's going on uh, with this Massachusetts Family Institute. They have created such an alliance with these pods called learning centers. They have people 
they they can't accept all the people that want to go to the to their types of schools. That's what's going to happen. The other thing that's happening here in the Commonwealth is that the school population is going down. The government school population is going down. That means the schools aren't getting as much money. And all of a sudden, they're making cuts. Uh, the city of Boston, they're thinking about closing, I believe, the report was about 40 schools. Well, they're 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 they're, go- they're walking that back saying, no, 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 no. But they don't, at least they don't want to admit it well, yet. Well, they but- don't want to admit it. Yeah. But if you don't have the money and you don't have the students, why would you... Try to keep all the schools open. Sounds like my Catholic church. <laughs> okay. Good point. Uh, well, except- no, I, I, I haven't heard nothing from the mayor about this. I what do you want him to say? Well, there, there seems to be a problem if a child is at risk in the schools. I, I think this should be uh, the mayor, the police department, the city councilors. Well, the police department for years has been saying the mayor suppresses any negative information about the city. I doubt he even acknowledges it. And, I, and that's a shame because this is, I mean, this is a, a New Bedford light and, and they're pretty honest. I, you know, I like to read their articles and they're usually on top of situations like that. But I'm just, I'm just concerned that it, nothing is being okay. said in the community about it. You know what I mean? Well, it's a good topic. Thank you for it and Happy New Year to you. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And well, let's go here. You're on the air, caller. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I, uh, I'm torn because I originally called because I wanted to make a comment about Trump. But now that you guys talk about education, I feel like I can kind of, I'm a I'm a public school teacher in New Bedford, and the notion that um, a, a student couldn't go to New Bedford public schools and meet with success is, is appalling. I, the charter school numbers, I mean, they don't deal with the same. Uh, well, 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 I don't know who said that because I there are too many success stories in the public school system to even point to. I agree with that much, but I don't know that that was said. Well, no, but it's like the idea that, oh, you're a parent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't send my kids to New Bedford School. What's, what's implied there is that there would be some sort of detriment to their education. I think that... No, is, I, yeah, uh, I, I think we have room for um, for even specifying more. If if I'm seeing a school that's outperforming the public schools and I can get my kid into that school, I think I'd choose that one. Yeah, but then but when you look at those numbers, think about the student body that a place like New Bedford High School has in terms of diverse population, and all that gets factored into the, to the data. Like, you don't see, you see averages, right? So if you go to a place like Newton, yeah, they have great scores, but they don't have nearly as many social-emotional needs, nearly as many bilingual students, nearly as many specialist students. Like, it's not even apples to apples. Oh, that, you know, your point is very well taken, but as a parent, you, you, you hear exactly what you're saying, and you think, well, do I really want my kids around all of what you're, you're talking about? Well, right, but then if you do, like, like, Four minutes of research, you, you you learn that like New Bedford High School has more offers more AP courses than like any of the neighboring high schools. If we if you have a, a student, presumably like you guys, probably great parents, right? You have kids that are high performing, and we have everything in New Bedford High School for a kid who's uh, making the decisions, and we have everything in place for a kid who might need resources and support. Like I agree, it, resources are the are the problem. Yeah, where they are, is, I guess the, the 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 image problem that New Bedford has is unfounded and unwarranted and it's, it's so thing, frankly so I'm I just I don't mean to interrupt you but I do want to ask your opinion on this because I've talked to a lot of teachers and they've been on the air and, and they're saying that they don't have the leverage a teacher should have in order to keep the behavior at an acceptable level where it's not disruptive um one one teacher told me that they kicked the kid out of the class only to see the principal walk the kid right back in so he could smirk at him for the rest of the class 
Uh, you know, that sort of environment has is, is got to be tough on the teachers, if true. Uh, and and I, I, I can't tell you how many teachers have called since I've been on the air and given these kind of stories about New Bedford. Yeah, I mean, there are obviously there are challenging uh, instances when you teach in a, an inner city school. You deal with some, like I said, some challenging populations. But I mean, a lot of it comes down to classroom management and kicking a kid out of the classroom isn't necessarily the best move because if you're a kid who's a behavior issue and you learn that certain behaviors get me out of the place I don't want to be, then I'm just going to be more likely to commit those behaviors. It's like a double win, right? I guess. What, what, what about the other students who have to put up with that while they're trying to learn? No, it is, listen, it is tough. I've had, I've had many challenging students over the years. It's A lot of it comes down to, I'm not going to put blame on teachers because I am a teacher, but part of working in a place like New Bedford is you have to learn how to navigate those shoals. Not every instance is, is uh, it's not always the answer to remove, suspend. Oops, sorry about that. But yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a challenging place to work. But what I'm saying is there are opportunities, and a lot of it is, you know, the kids, you got to kind of, they have to kind of meet you at some point. Let me, let me hold, I'm going to hold you over if you want to hold over because I know you called about something else. So let's just put you on hold for a moment. Thank you. All right. Thank you for waiting. Let's put our, our guest caller on um, who had another topic he wanted to cover when we switched his mind by bringing up something with our ADD t- uh, radio show. Uh, thanks for waiting. Yeah, uh, so my original point was about Trump when I uh, was listening earlier. You guys were talking about the January 6th stuff. And uh, there are many reasons why I haven't liked Trump over the years and found the prospect of voting for him to be flabbergasting. But the one that I thought should have unified really everybody, particularly the people who purport themselves to care about the Constitution, was everything he did from 2020 on. Because I don't think that January 6th or any of the other stuff happened from the moment of the election. So it's tough to say the counting of the ballots or whatever was shady. He basically, from the whole of 2020, when people asked him, would you accept the results of an election? He said no. I mean, it was glaring for months. He would not commit to a peaceful transfer of power. And yeah, he was me, planting the, the seeds most- of doubt early. That's true. That, that's the most essential part of any democracy. You can't have a democracy. All right. I, I agree. I mean, even 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 Reagan, right? Even Reagan referred to the peaceful transfer of democracy as a, as a miracle that it happened. All right, so, but 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 let me just now on the other side of the coin here, uh, we we listened to the Democrats say George Bush stole the stole the elections to the Supreme Court, or Swift voted um, John Kerry. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, Russian collusion is what uh, the only reason he won. So they were duped. Don't trust the results. That's been going on since 2000. Right. But I, I think there's a notable difference. One, the, the Bush stole the election thing. That's that's post the election. And that has to do with unique circumstances of the whole Supreme Court thing. That was unprecedented. So the Russian collusion thing also, again, if you put yourself in the position of them at the time, what they knew and what they suspected and what they had heard. May have warranted an investigation. I mean, I agree. Now that now that we have all the facts and everything, it probably uh, no. The, the FBI uh, knew. The FBI knew before they acknowledged it to the public that it was created by the Clinton campaign. That's not in question anymore. Well, no, about the dossier and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm talking also, about. Yeah, that that, that should have right, been made yeah. very clear to the American public. That was collusion. I understand, but well, I don't want to go down 2020, 2016 rabbit hole, but, but you the, just uh, did. There were things that the Trump campaign did that were at least head scratching in terms of interactions and the Trump Tower, the negotiations for a Trump. Oh, Tower Trump Moscow. Tower, Trump Tower. Let's talk about that because Natalia Veselnitskaya 
right? She came over. The Obama State Department went behind the back of the Justice Department, who denied her visa to get her to get her in. Uh, uh, we're out of time. You know, call back next week. This is a good co- topic for me. Uh, I appreciate the call. It was intelligent. Thank you for it. Uh, that's it for us. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. Thank Up you. next, Money Matters. WBSM and W258DR New Bedford. New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 AM and 99.5 FM. WBSM, a town square media station.